in this episode. Even though it's super fun to totally transition and into like a female form and look really hot, it's just not something that I think I want to do or would want to do regularly. It's because it is a burden. And I feel like that is a big thing with any partner of a crossdresser. It's like, it's just mm-hmm. one more element to your relationship that you have to navigate. I feel pretty good about that by raising him without these structured gender bi- binaries that are kind of ridiculous. Now that's today's guest, Candace C., a crossdresser from Canada, discussing in three separate clips how she understands herself as a crossdresser, the burden she worries crossdressing will be on her wife, and how she is trying to raise her son without the gender binary in mind. All of this and a whole lot more in another curious conversation with your girl, Giselle, here on episode 110 of the Cross Yas podcast. Another lovely guest coming at you. So, you ready to hear Candace C's story? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross Yes Podcast with Giselle Miraso. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, transgender umbrella follower underer, who still cross-dresses every now and then, and I happen to be your host and guide into the wonderful world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Check out our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com, for behind-the-scenes stuff, Q&As with guests, and ways you can support our podcast, like via our Patreon. You can chat with me, Sierra, or other wonderful Cross Yas listeners on our Cross Yas Confidential Discord, which is also available on our website. We're always there to chat. And finally, if you enjoyed my convo with Candace C, and you have your own personal story that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender related, but wondering to yourself, hey now, wait a minute, I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story. Well, duh, the answer to your burning question is allowed. Frickin'. Yeah! Hit me up, Giselle, at CrossTheYasPodcast.com, DM me on Instagram at CrossTheYasPodcast, or chat me up on Discord, Rochi underscore Mochi pound 7325. Looking forward to it. Back to back here with another episode. This time it's another Curious conversation with friend Candace C, who resides north of the United States in the gorgeous country of Canada. You got a little taste of our convo there in the beginning, talking a bit about her cross-dressing life, and yes... She's another fun guest that I actually had the opportunity to interview a couple months back. I'm most certain you're going to love her as much as I did, so I'll stop blabbering again and I'll get right into it. Episode 110 of the Cross Yas podcast and another Kiriyas conversation with your host, Giselle Mirsal. That's me. So here goes 110. Enjoy, everyone. Perfect. Hi, Candice. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. Uh, good morning. <laughs> yeah, good morning to you. Sounds like you were up late. A little bit. Uh, well, welcome. It's really nice to finally put a voice to a face <laughs> and voice to yeah. words. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to talk to you. Yes. Uh, well, do you want to kind of introduce yourself to the Cross Yas listeners and what brings you here to the Cross Yas podcast, girl? Sure, absolutely. I guess, first of all, Thank you for putting all this together. It's such an amazing resource for myself, catching up on all the episodes over the last month or so. You know, I've been 
doing a lot of research online and books and everything. And this has been a really great resource to sort of, you know, figure myself out and find other people that are similar in a lot of ways to myself. So I guess going back to how I found the podcast, you know, and my own story, I guess I can go from the start. It's probably not all that different from a lot of other people out there. Started off fairly early on in childhood. Probably, it's hard to say, probably, you know, between five and ten. Started off at a neighbor's house. A good friend of ours, they had um, a daycare. And in the basement was kind of like Kidland, where all the kids' toys and there was a chest of clothes and all sorts of dresses and even wigs and that was super fun to explore as a kid we'd play things like house and for whatever reason felt compelled to play more of the female character in the game of house yes that sounds really cool i'm already noticing a hint of an accent do you want to tell us where you're from candace yeah absolutely so I'm from Canada, up north. Um, funny, because you don't really notice you have an accent until somebody points it out. Just a hint, just because I'm, I'm, it's a podcast and you can, like, those are the first things you notice, right? Our voice. I mean, it's the yeah. obvious thing to notice. And I, I hear that when you said a boot, and I was like, okay, Canadian, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. Do you want to tell us about, I, I mean, <laughs> like, how did that evolve? And if, like, I guess the other question I'd ask later is, how is Canadian cross-dressing different from other cross-dressing experiences? I don't know. If it it doesn't sound all that different, I guess, to touch on probably the Canadian experience. As a whole, Canadians are a little bit more left-leaning than Americans as a whole. I know there's pockets on you know, the West Coast and East Coast that things are a little bit more accepted in terms of exploration of LGBT things and, and acceptance within the community. But I think in general, Canada is a little bit more open towards those things. Certainly we've got like areas of the country, like maybe the prairies that are a little bit more like sort of the central parts of the U.S. where it's a little more Bible belt and you got to be normal as possible. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of cast aside. Why, why is that? Why is Canada more left-leaning? I think I've, I've had maybe one or two other guests from Canada. I think Jesse G was my most recent one, the one who was like super like interesting and brought up like the gender as a scatter plot. But why is gender acceptance in Canada so, I don't know, better, <laughs> for know. lack of a better that's word? A, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I think, you know, I don't want to be critical, but I think part of it ties into religion and beliefs around around religion. I think as a whole, Canadians aren't quite as religious as a lot of people in maybe, you know, the mid-states of America. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Like, our prime ministers, our mayors of our major cities participate in, in you know, pride marches regularly. So it's just kind of like, integrated or more woven into society i think justin trudeau just doing like in front of pride marches and i'm like no way would you know donald <laughs> trump do that sort of crap not that he ever would or be affiliated with gay people but or would gay people want to be affiliated with him or anyone yeah. in the lgbt <laughs> spectrum absolutely 
But, you know, it seems like things would be better on, with Biden. I could see him going in a pride march for sure. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he's got at least four years if he, if he, if he, if he lives that long, we're hoping. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's really old, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of old, how old are you, girl? I'm 39. So I guess midlife. I've had a lot of experience and got a lot of life left to go. So. Yeah, I figure, I figure. And how have you lived your cross-dressing life in those years after you started dressing up in that daycare? <laughs> what yeah, else, what so else happened? I get, going on from there, that was fun. It was great. And then you kind of grow up a little bit and, you know, you kind of understand that that's not tolerated or accepted, generally speaking. And I think we've, you've talked about this a lot before, watching the, the only thing that talks about gender exploration back in like the the 80s and 90s was talk shows like Geraldo and things like this where it's kind of made a mockery of in a way where your girlfriend's a dude and it's this sort of shocking mentality and you're like oh I don't want to associate with that so we'll just stuff that down we'll not think about it move on so a fun story in high school was kind of the next time that this really came up other than exploring maybe mom's drawers and and trying on things just for fun and but it never really went anywhere but in high school the high school that i went to for i don't know how this started but the last day of the year all the guys would dress up not all but maybe the more confident guys would dress up as women for the day they would call it grad drag which you know as a kid you know, kind of exploring gender, thought, you know, this is great. And, and it was, but it was, you know, nerve wracking as hell being a, a shy, shy kid who always tried to blend in and, and not stand out at all. I decided to go for it. A few of our friends were doing it. And yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was super fun, but like, but also kind of scary because it brings up all those questions that you know i tried to ignore most of my life does this mean i'm transsexual and i need to transition is that my life journey and and that's that's scary to think of that um because it's kind of life-changing and has pretty big implications or is this just cross-dressing because i hadn't really ever found any resources or heard of cross-dressers as being a thing you know i hadn't really found any books looked online you know this is the early days i guess not that early roughly 2007 probably so there's a little bit online but not much so it's kind of confusing so i dabbled a little bit tried on things took pictures and thought you know this is great this is fun and then you kind of just stuff it back again because I wasn't sure if that was something I want to explore anymore. And before we got married, I didn't really think it was a big part of my life, but I knew it was there. So I thought, okay, I'm engaged. I got to explore this. Got to check it out. And you want to be able to be open and honest with your partner. But when you don't even know what it all means personally, how do you? communicate that to somebody when it could scare them off you don't want to be like 
this is a part of me and then they freak out and you're like never mind it's it's nothing it's just a small part of me so you i just kind of made the decision to keep it keep it hidden keep it uh something that i don't really think i'd follow up again you know but yeah i mean you bring up so many great points i'm sorry to cut you off there but like i i I want to touch on the the not knowing where to go not knowing what to do because i I was probably like you i'm I'm slightly younger than you i'm 33 this year and i think you're 30 like you said but like you're right around the time of in your your late 20s i think and I'm, i'm like in my late teens trying to figure out without really true resources out there i was kind of like you I, I was looking up stuff but the terminology wasn't quite there yet for what a transgender or what a crossdresser was other than like you said like wearing drag or mm-hmm. you know even in the 80s or the 90s with like Geraldo, like you were saying before there was no real thing or understanding of what it was and the later like recently it's been a little better with yeah. coming to terms with what we are and trying to figure out where in the scatter plot versus a spectrum of what we really are and what we want. And it, it's good to explore. And I think that's what you kind of did, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I think you have to kind of explore to to understand yourself. Because, you know, you can have all these thoughts in your head. Is that is that something that I enjoy? Is that something that's interesting to me? But until you actually try it out, you don't really know. So, you know, I kind of thought that that was fun, that was interesting, but I'll stuff it back. I'll, I'll not think about it. I'll not explore that anymore because I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. And I try and be always, you know, improving myself. I'm all throughout my life. I've kind of read self-help books and trying to improve and understand what's going on. But this is just something that is just the more you ask the why questions, why am I doing this? It just goes nowhere. Like, why am I doing this? And it, you just feel really alone because you kind of think, well, am I really the only person doing this? And really through the age of the internet, you find out, gosh, there's a lot of people that this applies to. There's a lot of people with similar stories. And this is why your podcast is amazing. And there's books that have been written, but they're, they were hard to find up until recently, even, you know, because you couldn't really go to any old bookstore or library and look these things up. And if you did, People might find out what you're looking for and you avoid the, the judgment of other people. So Right. Yeah. There just wasn't much out there. So Right. The, I also think like with a with a podcast medium and just people hearing other people have actual conversations <laughs> makes it yeah. just seem more authentic or real or just yeah. tangible versus like a book where you're like, okay, I have to put myself in this person's writing. Whereas like yeah. in a conversation, you're like I, hey, I talk like that. Or, hey, that sounds like a real person. You know, that's yeah, not just absolutely. your own voice. Yeah. As much as we want to be, like, unique and, like, I'm feeling more and more, like, proud of who I am and, and what this means for me, we all want to feel normal. We all, we all want to feel like we're somewhat normal in terms of, like, other people are like us. We don't want to be considering ourselves as the freak or as the weird one even though like I want to embrace my weird cuz that what that's what makes you unique and a and a special human being mm-hmm. you kind of be like I want to be a freak but I don't want to be the only one you know what I mean you want to be normal right. and exceptional at the same time right so yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to my story I didn't 
tell my wife and I do regret that because it came out in, in a negative way. Um, Ooh, do tell. Because she was, we, at that point we had shared a computer. So I had taken pictures and had those pictures on there and she went to upload some pictures of our, I think our honeymoon or something like that to like one of these photo books that you can have published and, and then mailed to you. But when she went to upload pictures, it went to the file location that had my pictures. And it was obviously quite a shock for her. And, you know, I think I remember I was coming home from work at that point, And I get this text that says, don't come home. I found pictures on the computer. And I'm thinking, fuck, you know, my marriage is over. I'm ruined. And she eventually says, I'm going to my sister's house. We'll talk later. So I get home and she eventually comes back home and she's like, what the hell is going on? Why didn't she tell me about this? What does this mean? And most of all, she was annoyed that I didn't tell her because she has confided in me that she considers herself bisexual. And I didn't really think much of it at the time because, you know, before we were married, she didn't really mention it. And, you know, we lived this pretty well heteronormative life. She doesn't really ever talk about it. So I didn't really think that she'd be that accepting. And she was just most of all frustrated that I didn't tell her because if I had told her at any point, she would have been totally fine with it. And she's fine with the idea of me exploring my gender and femininity. But it was the trust thing that she was most bothered by, that she felt like I couldn't trust her with that information. So I think that that took a long time to repair that trust from that. And at that point, you know, our marriage was okay. We, at that point, we had our first kid. I've got two kids. And we were having a rough point in our lives. Work was stressful. She was still in training. And our marriage was suffering. After you have kids, you don't have sex. It just, it just doesn't happen for, for a long time for a lot of reasons. And our sex life was suffering. And then this comes out. And it's like, is that part of it? And so, you know, we tried to figure this out through therapy individually. And over the years, what helped us the most was seeing a sex therapist, a couple's sex therapist together and unpacking some of these issues. She had some things that kind of was holding her back. And I think that me having this secret for a long time kind of held me back because as much as it is like fun to try on clothes and explore your femininity and your gender expression, there's a certain sexual component to it too that's hard to deny. And I think that's a pretty common thing with most people who cross-dress. It's, it's there. So that took a while for us to, to repair things and, and we're, we're a lot better now. I think we're in a good place. But it, it has taken a long time for, since that coming out, 
was I think I think 2012 or 2013. It was like, yeah, okay, I'm a crossdresser. This is what I enjoy. I still was too scared, I think, to really explore that part of me. I still hadn't done much reading. I still hadn't seen the podcasts, and really, there just wasn't any, even at that point. So, you know, I just kind of explored it a little bit by myself because she said, you know, this is fine. I don't know if I want to really explore this with you. That's fine if you want to explore that by yourself. But, you know, I accept you, and and we didn't really ever talk about it since then. And it's been like kind of one of those things that's that's in the background but never really talked about and i know she's cool with it but at the same time exploring it by myself just seems a bit like i always feel weird about it because i feel like i'm not going behind her back she knows about it but at the same time i feel like like i'm doing something wrong i feel still a little bit of shame i feel like this is something that i should be exploring with her and we're sort of talking about it again in the last few months about it something being something that we can explore together and exactly what it means for me and a big part of me being okay with this gender exploration thing is really just embracing the fact that it's more of a gender fluid thing and and the terms gender non-conforming non-binary, gender fluid, those things really seem to resonate with me and I'm feeling a lot more comfort with that. And I feel like what I want to do now is not keep it hidden and only do it by myself. I want to involve her. Recently she she did my makeup. She one one night we just said, Hey, you know what? Can I do your, your makeup? You know, do a really nice look. I was like, yeah, okay, sure, let's do that. That could be fun. And it was great. But it wasn't like a full transformation to be like as near passable as possible. But it was, it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable just seeing yourself with makeup on, but no wig and, and no outfit. It just seems a little bit, a little bit raw, a little bit hard to take. So I'm not sure where to go with that um, because she, as much as she enjoys doing that kind of thing with me, she has a hard time with the whole transformation. Like, she's okay with, hey, if you want to wear a dress around the house, cool. You want to put some makeup on? Great, that's super. But she has a hard time with the full transformation because she's at that point where she is like, you know what, the binary stupid we need to we need to you know tear down the binary gender thing so for her she feels more comfortable with me just being as authentic as possible and she feels like when i'm wanting to present totally female that seems more of a costume or more of a you know a, a, a mask of you know my true identity which you know, is probably more on that spectrum, somewhere in the middle of the scatter plot. You know, I'm feeling like I'm happy being a man, doing traditionally male things, but at the same time, like I'm totally fine doing more feminine things and, you know, feminine clothes attract me more than male clothes. And even in our family, 
I take on more of the traditionally female parenting roles in terms of being the more involved parent, doing more of the housework, which is like totally fine with me. It doesn't matter to me. But I think that it's been a bit of a thing we're still exploring. And we've been married quite a few years now, and we definitely haven't figured it all out. Questions? I think you, you've got it pretty much. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of things you said that yeah. I had to write down. I'm like, oh, interesting. Oh, um, the first part um, I want to ask you is, why do you think you couldn't tell your wife about your cross-dressing? And why do you think it had to, you know, because it was going to eventually come out. But like, yeah. I guess, I mean, you could have hidden about it. But like, did you not trust yourself? Did you not trust her? What made you not come out to her sooner? I think, you know, before we were married, it wasn't everything that anything that I had explored by myself. And thinking back to it now, like, yeah, of course. I, I, you know, there were times in my life where I lived by myself, um, sometimes with roommates, but that's when I should have explored it. But, you know, I think I was too afraid to go down that road. And if one of those things where I'm the kind of person where I can ignore things really easily and pretend they don't exist, even though they're a really big problem and probably should explore those things i you know i can i can i can ignore that and it gets to a certain point though when you just can't stop thinking about it and you're like okay i have to explore this i have to figure out what this means for me and the only way to do that is to just give it a try and see how that feels and you know i hadn't given myself the the time and the space by myself to explore that so it wasn't until we were engaged that i really did start exploring it because I thought, you know, this is the time. I got to figure this out uh, before we're married, and then I can. Once I try it out, then I can know how that fits into my life. You know, is that something that feels good? Is that something that I want to continue doing? That kind of thing, right? Because how can you explain to somebody who you are and how you feel when you don't even know yourself? But you didn't want to explore with your wife, um, figuring out who Candace was or what you wanted to do with her? Once it came out or when we first met? I guess when you knew. Like, you knew you, ha- you wanted to explore her. And you, you were engaged at that point, you said. Like, you didn't yeah. want to explore with yeah. your wife? Absolutely, yeah. But um, I think I was too, too shy to to you know say hey do you want to try this out and explore this thing with me i've always been very like socially awkward socially like you know almost like crippling social anxiety and worried about what other people think and even though we were engaged we had only been dating a year so we we knew each other fairly well but we were still pretty new with each other so I guess I didn't feel comfortable with it. And, you know, knowing what I know now, she would have been totally fine with it um, because she had her own things going on. She considered herself, you know, an ally to the LGBT and herself bisexual and, you know, mm-hmm. questioning the, the gender binary already. And so yeah. 
oh man yeah totally wish i would have done that with her I mean, yeah that's what i was gonna ask like what would you do differently with what you know now if you could go back then i guess yeah i guess you know just being totally open and honest saying i don't know what this means but this is what i've done in the past and i kind of want to try it again because it was fun and there's a certain attraction to it and as much as i try and ignore it and Mm -hmm. pretend like it's not there it always comes back the thoughts are always there and that's fairly consistent with anybody who i've ever talked to or any stories like you try and put it out of your head and say no that's i'm done with that that's not me i don't want that anymore Mm -hmm. i throw away all my stuff and purge it and try and purge your thoughts of it and you know it comes back whether it's a few months a year it always comes back so I would be more honest with her and, and not worry about the judgment or any judgment, whether it's there or not. But, you know, you, you worry about, you know, your partner not accepting you, obviously, is a big thing. Because, you know, that's the person that you're, you're with now and you want to continue that relationship with them. And it could be a deal breaker for them. Um, but, yeah, my question, I don't know if you heard it, was... Um... How did you, you said you worked with your wife. It took a while to fix that, you know, the repair that trust. What did you yeah. do to get there? What, how did you, how did you do it? Cause I'm sure a lot of cross yas listeners are, you know, they're either thinking they might get to that point or they are at that point and they will probably want to know what you did to work that through. Yeah, absolutely. I think the main thing was just me. I guess, first of all, just making sure that she knows that she's the most important person. Because I think just not having this part of me take over, and I know it, 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 it didn't because it kind of got pushed aside again, but, you know, just with the other stuff with the couples therapy was, you know, just you just have to really lean in and pay attention to that person and make sure that they know that they are the most important person for you. And, and you got to treat them uh, with as much openness and honesty as possible, as much as you can. And even if you don't know the answers yourself, you got to just say that because you got to just be honest. And sometimes being honest is not saying this is how I feel and this is what I want to do. You can say, well, this is how I feel. I'm not sure, but this is what I want to, I think I want to do. And let's, let's explore that together because, you know, it, you should explore these things together because otherwise it's just, it's a lonely thing to do by yourself. And it's much better to have other people support you. And if they say that they support you and sometimes you know, your partners will give you boundaries because they might be okay with it, but they need to explore how they feel themselves. Um, you got to just respect that boundary, but at the same time, be as open and honest as you can. And don't try and tell them what you think they want to hear because that just leads to more problems. You got to be honest, honest, honest. You know, the with that other advice that you have to give in to your wife or you have to do everything to make that relationship work, which is pretty much true. But I think 
part of it also has to be that people neglect is yourself and you have to be honest with yourself and what you want mm-hmm. and what's important. And I know you're in a relationship and you're married and you have like other obligations, but I think by, by with that other advice that said that like you have to succumb to whatever your wife wants or essentially that's what it sounded like to me and Sierra that forces these like heteronormative like ideologies or <laughs> ideas. Um, which we we don't necessarily yeah. agree with. We do believe in honesty and being upfront, but I, I think you have to start with yourself first. I don't know. That's maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That's my that was my goal that backfired was okay, I need to explore this so I can be as honest as I can because right now I don't know what this means for me. I don't know what to tell her because you know, when I do this, it's like I don't know how I feel yet and I'm gonna try this again and maybe that'll give me the answers but man like yeah that was the wrong thing to do (laughs) involve them as early as possible i think is best uh a little of just uh yeah just a takeaway is just i hope people don't hear us and think that we want you to force to be force you to stick in your relationship or get out of your relationship and just be yourself and be selfish about it and fuck everything, throw everything away for the sake of just finding your gender identity or whatever. It's partly what we want to do, but we, we want people to find a balance because we understand that like it's super difficult. <laughs> it's not an easy decision to just throw everything away just to understand who you are. Like I know, I mean, I understand that you have a family, you have kids, you have a job, you have these like obligations and it's, it's tough. It'd be easier if you understood it earlier in life, right? So you don't have. You can go into those decisions knowing, like, well, this is what I want. This is what I want. But it's not mm-hmm. that simple. And some people are late bloomers and don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. It's super tough. Yeah, you want to be, you want to be open, but you want to tell them. You know, I I just thought like, if I could put myself in a box, I can be like, oh, this is who I am, and this is how I identify. Here you go. You can take example from all these other people that are like me. But mm-hmm. when I was exploring it, there wasn't really a box, right, to put yourself in. And even within like the last five years, it seems like those terms like gender fluid, non-binary, are are out there, and so many people identify with that, and it's becoming more and more normalized, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like non-binary term that. You know, there was, you know, maybe performers, David Bowie and all this kind of stuff that have been out there for a long time. But, you know, there's never really a label for that. And part of those labels apply, I think, to to cross-dressers who haven't really had a label attached to them other than cross-dresser, right? And it's been something that's really only existed behind closed doors and there's nobody visible because we're kind of like this invisible minority because probably I've got friends or people that I've gone to school with that also enjoy cross-dressing, but I have no idea. And they have no idea about me. And it's like, (laughs) we're both doing this behind closed doors and, you know, it'd be great if it was just normalized and be like, Hey, you know what? I enjoy this and that's okay. Right. Right. And, and just finding safe spaces to practice any any opportunity to present as a different gender or or even just be able to say that you are something that's not 
quote unquote normal, right? Like it's different. Yeah. It's hard when you don't want to be seen as an outcast or you don't want to be part of a group because you go with that, you know, herd mentality and you just want to be the same as everyone else. But you know, deep inside, when you go to grad drag night, you're like, I want to do something different, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was great. That's fun. But, you know, it was kind of seen as like this. It was just kind of a big joke in the end. I didn't realize until the day of being a super shy kid who always wanted to blend in. That was like a big thing for me to even partake in. And I'm, I'm surprised I even did it for, for people who are like super outgoing and don't give a fuck about what other people think. It's much easier for them to be like, yeah, cool. I like to wear a dress occasionally. You got a problem with that? But for most people, I don't think that's, that's not easy. That's like, you're worried about judgment. You're worried about what strangers think of you. And that's huge for whatever reason. You're worried about strangers. And whether or not it's like a safety thing, you're still worried about their judgment. And for some reason, that's a, that's a huge weight to bear. It's the judgment of strangers. But I think what's like different backgrounds and different ideas but people out there still have that core part of them that's like yeah, it's different <laughs> it normalizes it and it, like you said it starts a conversation and it creates this like this idea that oh wow there is other people out there like me <laughs> yeah. other people who are having a conversation and just talking about these things that i agree with which is what podcasts in general are it's pretty niche and you're just finding stuff that like are important to you but i think with gender it's like fuck, this is a part of you that you don't want to fucking leave or you can't fucking get rid of and you can purge as much as you want. It's going to stick around. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, I grew up in a fairly small town and there's a lot of, back growing up in the 80s and 90s, there was still a lot of negative connotation growing up as a boy. Don't be a fag or don't be a sissy. And, you know, if you wanted to present in your day-to-day life just a little bit more feminine, gosh, no, that got shamed away pretty quickly. And what I'm realizing only recently is that, you know what, fuck it. Like, I'm going to incorporate more feminine aspects into my day-to-day clothing, uh, into my current wardrobe, which has mostly been fairly bland, but bringing colors in, bringing flowers in, flowered patterns just playing a little bit more, I think, is going to bring me a lot more comfort and not worrying about what other people think. If you had the same mentality of not giving a fuck or not caring what, any, what other people think, how different, of your, how different your life would have been 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, even five years ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I didn't care what people thought, what would I have done? Is that the question? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I guess... I think I would just probably more do more of a a blending of presentation, masculine aspects of wardrobe and presentation mixed in with feminine aspects of presentation. I don't know that I would, even though it's super fun to totally transition and into like a female form and look really hot, it's just not something that, I think I want to do or would want to do regularly, even though it's super fun. I don't know that that feels genuine. 
because it's fun to explore that, but I don't know that I'd like, it's hard to picture going out and just doing day to day things with that. And especially kids. Yeah. I'm the same way. I can't do that shit every day. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a lot of effort too, especially if you are trying to hide more masculine features and there's the whole aspect of, do you even worry about passing out and about? Cause it just means so much effort or do you just not give a fuck and mm-hmm. kind of blend things together and just hope people don't care that mm-hmm. you're obviously playing with gender. And I think that that would be where I'd love to see things is people just being okay with that. And I catch myself staring at people who seem to be blending genders, not because I'm like, are you a boy or a girl or masculine, feminine? But it's more like, hey, that's interesting. I love what you're doing by mixing in different style elements. And that's super fun to look at more than anything. For you and I, I think it's just, we like the aspect of kind of playing with it. Some days, not every day, but like sometimes. Definitely, right. definitely. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's like you kind of have to sometimes adapt to your surroundings by... I work in a field where it's 80 to 90% men. And Hmm. would I want to, you know, put eyeliner on for a, you know, Zoom call? Probably Hmm. not. That's going to (laughs) be asking too much of my colleagues to really wrap their heads around that. Would it, though? Um, Do you think it would be? Yeah, like, and they're mostly... I think it'd be fine if they were more my own age, but most of the people I work with are in their like fifties and sixties. And they're just going to be like, what the hell's wrong with that guy? Like, especially me normal, having presented normally for so many years, all of a sudden mm-hmm. seeing that be like, Oh, what's going on? But would it matter to you though, at this point in your life, Candace? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Cause it, the, the work scenario that I'm in now is a fairly tight knit group of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of people are homophobic. A lot of people are transphobic. And mm-hmm. as much as I'd want to explain, you know, this is kind of how I fit into the gender spectrum, blah, blah, blah. They're going to just be like, oh, that guy's weird. And it's going to limit me mm-hmm. in terms of my career prospects because okay. um, there'd be a lot of. I feel, I don't know, but I feel like there'd be a lot of judgment and a lot of misunderstanding. And a lot of what I do is relating to public companies and having to present to investors and the general public. So it's got fairly wide implications if I put too much emphasis on it on, in my work life anyway. Hmm. Yeah. And, and you work in Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. you said left leaning or a little more liberal with your ideologies. It indeed, but um, again, but you don't think it's progressed that far yet. No, I don't think so. It, mm-hmm. More, more so in the big cities. A lot of work I do is communicating with people in smaller towns and, and across the country. So I can't guarantee that the people I meet are going to be from a bigger city that maybe will have a better understanding. So, so my question to you in that sense is what do you think it will take for people to understand cross-dressers, transgender people, non-binary people, 
if if you can't wear makeup as a ma- a male whatnot or if you can't wear you know something different than your suit for these meetings or whatever if i'm assuming you're a businessman or whatever yeah like, yeah what do you think it takes what do you think it'll take i think it's going to take it's not it's going to take time it's going to take mm-hmm. more integration into media whether that's tv shows movies in a real authentic way and shows like what's that recent one with the transparent one i think mm-hmm. i think that's great and and then that kind of follows more of the traditional trans narrative of like male to female i think i haven't watched all of it but but also highlighting people that don't fit that kind of more of a binary model of the boy who was born into the wrong body mm-hmm. narrative, which is fine and, and, and great, and, and I respect that. But there's a lot of people that kind of like fall in between and don't really feel like they fit into the male category and don't really feel like they fit into the female category. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's only within the last few years that we really have you know, people in the public media, like celebrities and things like this, coming out as non-binary and gender fluid and things like this. And that's, I think, really going to help because I think that it's going to help younger people say, I identify with that person. And Mm -hmm. that's huge. That's enormous. Because people want to have role models. They want to have that feeling that, hey, I'm just like that person or... I can, I can be me because there's other people like me. You don't have to be a trailblazer. And that's, that's going to be huge. You have kids, right, Candace? Two, yep. How old are they? Well, we have 11 and 7. Now, ha- you know you talk about the next generation and it's gonna, we want to raise kids or whatnot. And I've talked to other mm-hmm. cross-dressing uh, people or trans people or non-binary people and they have kids um what do you want to tell your kids about your cross-dressing or the transgender non-binary spectrum in general what do you want to tell them yeah um i haven't really told them about me at all Mm -hmm. mostly because up until very recently i've really come to wrap my head around kind of that more Mm non-binary concept than anything and it's been more kind of a closeted cross-dresser thing and it's more things that would just happen in private and it's not really applicable to them but one mm-hmm. thing we have done with our kids is you know we've always tried to keep things fairly gender neutral not like oh you can only wear these types of clothes or you can only play with these toys and things like this we've intentionally kept things not gender structured and our boy is totally cool and up with that he's in very many respects like kind of got the personality that i would expect a normal boy would be but Mm -hmm. he loves the color purple he loves fuzzy pink sweaters with bunnies on them and (laughs) he's 10 years old and at the same time he loves to ride bikes and get muddy and be a little more rough and tumble and he's 
loud and kind of more aggressive <laughs> than than his sister and he kind of embraces the fact that I don't have to wear these things that all the other boys are wearing just because they feel like that's what they should wear and we haven't really told him what he should do we've kind of led it up to him being there's a few clothing companies that we buy clothes from I think one of them is Land's End and they have recently gone away from gendering their clothing for kids it's not like these are boys clothes these are girls clothes it's like these are kids clothes and he can kind of like pick what he wants and he doesn't have to worry about oh those are girls pants I kind of feel weird about that but I like <laughs> them but I they're girls for four girls so maybe I shouldn't be wearing them <laughs> so yeah he's kind of exploring that himself and just wearing what he likes and he also likes wearing like camo patterns so some days he's wearing camo pants and <laughs> you know and then other days he's wearing a pink shirt and i feel pretty good about that by raising him without these structured gender bi binaries that are kind of ridiculous and so he's confident enough with himself that he's not going to feel bad about that later on. Yes. He can be. So, in, uh, so you yeah. know, I'm going to ask, what if, what if your kids 11 to seven, say they were like, you know, they, they get to like 10 or 14 and they get a little older and they see yeah. daddy dressed as Candace. What do you tell your child? Um, I guess I just have to be honest with them and maybe that's a conversation we'll have eventually. I don't know what our relationship mm -hmm. would be like when they're older, when they're in their teens or twenties and, like, well, why don't you like you could slowly introduce the idea now right no maybe yeah i don't know i think i need to feel more comfortable with it myself first mm -hmm. um what i'd love to do is to go out as candace with my wife and hmm. you know now we can't obviously with covid and things being shut down but just go out have fun and maybe go dancing or go to a drag show and you know feel more comfortable out and about yes yes That'd be great. I, I guess my my main point or point i'm trying to get to is you, yeah. you're a parent right you are yeah. setting an example for your child and i mean you know i understand like your work and you can't necessarily wear makeup and you don't want to present yourself all the time especially if it's not something that you need to do like if you <laughs> feel the need to present as candace all the time then you know do that but it sounds like that's not something you need but I, I would just fear that if your kids were, and you don't want to, it sounds like you don't want to be, like you said, a trailblazer. You don't have to set those roads and whatnot. You'll just kind of follow the lead of other people, which is totally fine. Nobody, not everyone's going to be that person who is going to be super extra or like myself and start a podcast to talk about this, these kinds of topics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I just worry that like, as a parent, I'm not a parent myself, but like, what kind of examples are we setting for our kids when well, it hasn't happened to me, but like, and maybe it might have happened to somebody who's listening out there. And a parent, now a kid that finds out their parent is Candace, or a parent like your daddy is a cross-dressing or a trans woman or whatnot. And it's it, it's not nothing wrong with that, but it, I would just mm -hmm. feel if I was that child, maybe like betrayed in some form or another, or just kind of like, why didn't you tell me earlier? Kind of how like your wife probably felt like. Yeah. You've had all this time and you didn't tell me? I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think so. I think 
part of me is like reserved about it because there is that sexual component about it that I can't really explain at this age. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I like to dress up a Candace and it kind of turns me on mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, how do you explain that to an 11 year old? I can explain it and to be like, I generally a man and I present as male mm-hmm. and I also like to dress up as Candace. Yeah, I think a kid would totally accept that answer. A kid would love, I mean, kids love simplicity. If you tell, daddy likes to dress like this sometimes. And a kid would be like, why? Well, he just does. Okay. And the kid usually is probably, in my experience with kids, I feel like honesty is like just telling them up front. You don't have to go into anything sexual if you don't need to. Just say, daddy likes doing this. Yep. And they accept it. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yep. Totally. And then part of me is like, look, uh, you know, kids talk to each other. Kids talk to other kids. And it mm-hmm. gets out that, you know, I don't want him to be teased if he tells other kids. And then they're like, and then it gets out in the community too, which we've got a pretty tight community mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. And then, and then that gets out. And then I'm like, Ur. but if, if that's what, so that's where I'm, where I'm trying to get at. If your kid is accepting and understanding, and yes, they need friends and yes, they need stuff, but you guys cultivate this idea that there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that here in America, there's smaller cities or religious cities that relate cross-dressing or transgender identities or anything to sexual perversion or whatnot, which is totally wrong. <laughs> but it, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. If, you, if we start with our kids and teach them that you don't have to be like this, you don't have to think these ideas, wouldn't, isn't that where we should start? I don't know. Yeah, I totally see your point. I totally see your point. I guess it's me yeah. worried about the judgment of, of course, yes. the general community, which, and which I think I that's what, yeah, that's where I was trying to get at. I think we have to overcome this fear of our like judgment of others because ultimately it doesn't fucking matter. No, <laughs> to say. It totally doesn't matter. Because totally at that point you didn't care anymore, right? When you when your wife found out, you're like, well, she's gonna judge me. She's either going to leave me or she's not. And she didn't leave you. She fucking loves you, cares enough to still be with you and, you know, go to therapy with you that clearly it sounds like she loves you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. She's the best. She's amazing. And I know she's totally open to me exploring what my gender means to me. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, with kids, it's it's hard because then, yeah, (laughs) as a parent, I don't know, your biggest fear is fucking them up and yeah right right you know i just want to keep it as simple as possible for them in some regards to be like you know you don't have to deal with this because it is a burden and i feel like that is a big thing with any partner of a cross-dresser it's like it's just Mm -hmm. one more element to your relationship that you have to navigate and Mm -hmm. now there's anything wrong with that i feel like Mm -hmm. we're a stronger couple after Mm -hmm. having to talk about this and i feel like that's very similar for a lot of other cross-dressing men is that once this comes out, whether by accident or a a voluntary admission, it Mm -hmm. probably makes you stronger in the end because you have to communicate. And if you don't communicate, then your marriage is going to be rough because that's one of the biggest parts that holds a relationship together. Yes. That's what it is. Girl, you got it. You hit it right on the head. I think if you are able to gain this confidence in understanding whoever Candace is, whoever you want her to be, 
I think explaining her to people who do find out is going to be like so much easier because you know what you want with her. If that is just dressing up sometimes, if that means just this. And if people blame you, if, if you ever so, you, you're, you may not choose this, but if you do decide to transition or become Candace, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And people say, well, what are you doing? There's, you can't, how mm-hmm. dare you do that? If, you're not going to go that, but if people are listening and thinking that this is what's happening to them, if you do want to transition, if that is the route you do want to go to, it's totally valid. You know, seek therapy, seek whatever you need to. But if you feel deep down inside, who, if you, Candace, or anyone listening, seek that route or try that path. You can always not fully transition. You can medically transition. You can socially transition. You can do whatever you need to be yourself. Absolutely. You know, that, yeah. Whatever makes you feel most authentic, I think, in the end. And one of the most interesting books that I read recently mm-hmm. was a book by uh, Kate Bornstein called Gender Outlaws, and they transitioned, I think, in the 80s or 90s, like one of the first Hmm. um, gender-reaffirming surgeries out there, and they're kind of into theater, into activism, and this book has been around a few different updates and iterations. What I listened to was the audiobook that Hmm. she narrated, and it was amazing. Because she's just like, you know, even though I've transitioned and she was on some of these talk shows as a guest throughout Mm -hmm. the years, and she's just like, you know what? Even though I've transitioned, I very much feel not accepted as a man and very much not accepted as a Mm -hmm. woman. And I've gone through all this time and just realized that the binary is just stupid place to exist and yeah. i'm just yeah. gonna do what what feels good to me and yeah it, it's funny because not funny but an interesting part of their life story is that their partner transitioned uh, female to male mm-hmm. and like wow like that's an interesting concept on what it means to be heterosexual what it means to be homosexual what it means to be like at that point, like the walls of gender and sexuality are just like melting away because really doesn't matter what parts you have. You just love the person for who they are. And through these terms that are really just constricting. Do you want a hug? Cause this is what gets you hugs girl. Like absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like- Yes. Like, I mean, if again, if I had, could have a name for this podcast, it'd be called Who the Fuck Cares? <laughs> or No One Gives a Shit. Like, yeah. Truly, yeah. If, you are, if you are truly the person you wish or believe you are and you see in the mirror and that's who you are, obviously, don't be an asshole, don't be a dick, don't be a hateful, you know, Nazi or whatnot, but just, mm-hmm. just care for yourself, care for one another, and who, who gives a shit who yeah. you are or what, you, what, what parts you have, what, you know, like, you know, like you, you care for other people, you care for yourself. Why, why does that matter? Who cares? Oh, well, but you dress up like this. Who gives a shit? You know, like, yeah. but no, but you're wearing this. I don't care. Like, y- y- no one should. That's why, you know, with kids, kids are dumb, right? Kids are going to say, well, so and so's wearing this, and that makes me this. And you're like, you're the adult. You're going to be like, no, no, Timmy, it's a dress. Look, yeah. Bobby here is wearing one too. You know, Bobby's your son or whatever. Bobby yeah. enjoys the color purple. Oh, but boy, but boys don't like purple. Well, Bobby does, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you just have to treat people as human beings and not labels. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But everybody, that's, and I hate labels, but it's easier to group people, right? And say, well, you belong in this box, you belong in this box. Mm -hmm. And pe obviously people want to belong somewhere and they want to say, well, okay, well, I'm part of this group, but I'm not really part of this group. So I, yeah. I, I identify with this label, but not necessarily this part of that label, you know, it yeah. gets. And, 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 and labels though, they're, they're great and they're awful at the same time mm -hmm. because growing up, I didn't feel like a label fit me. And if I had a label growing up that, I, that was like normal, I'd be like, oh, you <laughs> like to explore women's clothing and express your femininity? You're, you're this and, and that's normal. That would have been amazing. But because you grow up and because you don't have a label to put yourself in, you feel like a freak and you feel like you have to hide mm -hmm. that part of yourself, right? So mm -hmm. in some parts, labels are great, but they sometimes can be pretty terrible too if you are marginalized because of a label. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like I grew up when, as boys do, it's like, you're a fag, this, you're a fag, that. And you didn't want to do anything that would like suggest that you were gay because that was such a negative thing. And I'm so glad that it seems like the current generation of kids, I think, have erased that negative terminology. I could be wrong, but I think it's yeah. gotten. But it starts with us, right? And it starts with us teaching our kids and the future what, what we want to see, what we really want to get rid of, what we don't like anymore and what what they should value i think mm -hmm. i don't know maybe that's i think so I don't know. i'm not a parent so I, I figure that's what a role as a parent would do i don't know definitely yeah yeah definitely and i think i think i've set our kids up so far the right way and i guess for me personally i'm very accepting of different lifestyles different like mm -hmm. identities and i'm like yeah you're trans you know that's amazing i love that about you and your life story is so valid and you just be your authentic self and of course you should be loved mm -hmm. but sometimes it's harder to do that with yourself mm. i don't know if that's true for other people but it's like i'm my own worst critic in in many mm -hmm. regards being like mm -hmm. i don't know what this means for me but maybe i don't accept this part of myself and i think mm. Growing up, you see what few public figures there are, and even on social media, you know, people who do more of a blending of genders in their presentation. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, up until very recently, that's made me uncomfortable. And I think it's my own hang ups about myself being mm -hmm. critical of that and being like, oh, that's weird. Um, better not explore that because it's weird. I'm going to ignore it and move on and, <laughs> and not really explore. Oh, that's interesting. What, how does that person think? What, how do they identify? I think because, you know, I worry about just being weird. And up until very recently, socially, you know, you wanted to avoid being as weird as possible because you would get judged. And now it seems like with these podcasts and all this niche marketing in social media, it's great to be weird and the weird <laughs> kids are actually the cool kids because they're mm -hmm. unique. And I don't know if that's changed in high school or, or anything like that, but I feel like 
yeah, you did not want to be the weird kid in high school because you got picked on, you got rejected, you got ostracized, mm-hmm. and you want to do as much as you can to avoid being weird. At least I did as a kid. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, this goes back to your original point of like, you know, being your own worst critic. I think, honestly, and we're talking about weirdness right now, and like kids who are weird are the cool kids. It is Absolutely. It, yeah, and it, and the cool kids, like it's because there's something unique about them, and you don't fit into any mold, and you don't fit into anything, you know, mm-hmm. mainstream. So it's just like, well, that's kind of cool. That's different because you people are tired of the same old thing. And the problem is, like, the older generation is scared of being different. <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of true. Yeah, and I think that you, in order to like, to truly be like, in your like, you have to be confident because if you're kind of weird and like insecure and not sure and quiet and you're an easy target because people will be like people, some people who are small minded and just jerks will pick on the insecure kids because they know that they Mm -hmm. can pick on them because they can't, they can't defend themselves. So they, but they won't pick on that weird kid who's super confident and, you know, because the, that they know themselves. And I think that like we talked about what we'd love to see in an ideal world, it would be that the weirdness is accepted and, and it's cool to be weird and just love yourself no matter what. Even if you're weird, just love yourself. Okay. You clearly answered my last question of the perfect world of <laughs> cross dressing sexuality and gender. That's clearly the answer. Weirdness is cool. Um, weirdness is cool. Yeah. Be yourself. And, but also, are you? I was saying, are you giving yourself advice here, girl? Were you the? Were you that insecure <laughs> kid? <laughs> Absolutely, who's easily taken advantage it's of? Or? Very therapeutic to give advice to your childhood self. <laughs> I've learned in therapy to to love your, you know, your your childhood self. Give yes. that give that little boy or girl a hug and tell them it's okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> And I think oh. I did that without knowing just now. <laughs> uh, I love, I love you. I love everything you said in this. Girl, you are fucking amazing. Do you know that? I don't know if you know Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. Um, I mean, I'm only amazing because the guests are amazing. I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'm, I'm decent by myself, but when like I have great guests like yourself who are able to verbalize their feelings, able to talk about what it is that they truly feel like that makes this podcast what it truly is is this like wonderful conglomerate or wonderful like mecca of just great stories great people just a place that people want to return to because they hear that one story that like really resonates with them and that's you i think you're one you're probably one of them yeah for sure and i i think that the more that i listen to stories the more normal normalizing it is for for me and i'm really enjoying the podcast and what you're sharing and even your own stories amazing and and fun to listen to yeah even you know listening to your own life story and what you're sharing with your partner is is fantastic and amazing and i love you for that too you've got a lot of good things to say oh i mean i i honestly it's it's people like yourself that email me or just message me or like tell, tell their story that really just really honestly makes me want to keep going with this podcast or just listen to other people. Cause 
there are closeted people out there, like you were saying, there's like you you're closeted and they're closeted and no one's talking because you don't know if they're a cross-dresser they don't know if you're a cross-dresser right like or trans or non-binary or whatever in the spectrum or yeah you know be cool is if like there was some social media thing where you could be like on this day everybody is going to share their gender related secrets and have you ever (laughs) considered you know because it's so funny because my wife and I have had these conversations because she's bisexual mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like bi-gendered and mm-hmm. she's just like, says to me, I don't get it. Have you, okay, tell me your honest opinion. Have you ever thought about being with another man sexually, romantically? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't, I can't picture that not being a thing, not being attracted to both genders. That, like that doesn't register. Mm-hmm. And for me... I'm like, I can't picture people only identifying with male things and wanting male mm. things. It's for me, it's like, I can't picture not thinking about mm-hmm. feminine things. And so it's very interesting that way um, that we're both her and the sexuality piece, me and the gender piece mm-hmm. kind of in between. And yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, there's National Coming Out Day where you can just like come out and you know you're either gay or lesbian or right. trans, you know, come out as trans or whatnot. I think that's I think that's this month. Is that the thirty oh, really? first? Yeah, and and like for her too, like it's very much an invisible LGBTQ identification because it's not mm-hmm. like she's just going to insert that into the middle of a conversation with her friends or what have you. Oh, by the way, I'm bisexual. <laughs> but if you're like married to a, a man woman to another man it's like yeah okay well that's out there <laughs> that's obviously something i need to to share with the world and everyone's gonna know my sexuality is now public but if you're living a, a otherwise heteronormative life then it's just something that's one of your secrets or one of those things that you don't really ever share but like the thing is, once it's normalized, no one gives a fuck. It's the weirdest thing, right? Like, <laughs> the funny thing is, all these weird kids who like do goth things or do like cross dressing things, eventually that'll be like the normal. And people okay. will be like, oh, yeah, that's the cross dresser, Giselle. It's fine. Hey, oh, uh, what about that weird thing coming out of so and so's head? You know, like, that's yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get eventually normalized. I don't know. Cross dressing, being bisexual, being. By gender, being transgender, being non-binary, that shit's gonna be normalized, and you're gonna be upset because you're gonna be like, "What the fuck? I waited all yeah. those damn years, and <laughs> it's it's normal." Yeah. yeah, and then and then people are gonna want to be normal again. Normal is gonna be the new weird. <laughs> yeah, people that are fucking like the basic of basic of just like I like dick. What? <laughs> huh? Yeah. You have breasts and you like dick? How dare you? You know, oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, whoa, you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Ah, totally. The pendulum swings, and mm-hmm. it, right now, cross-dressing and being <laughs> transgender and non-binary is weird, but yeah, we're out here, I guess. It's interesting because, you know, as amazing as social media is, and you can connect with people from all over the world that are like you, it does turn into a little bit of a bubble or a little bit of, like, echo chamber in terms of you think it's normal, but then, yeah. you know, you realize that. The, the, this conversation isn't getting out to everybody. So I guess in a way, um, you just have to 
first of all, connect and, and this is great, but mm-hmm. also just somehow have this like, what is whatever it is, this public coming out day or just this crossover into mainstream media is, is real, really necessary to be like, this is who we are. We exist. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Now let us do whatever the fuck we want and y'all can get on with your lives. Right. Ah, this was amazing. I, this was more like fun to listen to. I love listening to you. Like every second I was like, oh yeah. Oh, oh. oh good. I'm glad. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, girl. I, I was going to ask you the last second question. I mean, but you already answered it of in a perfect world and it's, yeah, let's be weird. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's it. I love it. Um, I'm going to ask for you to be on the podcast again. I don't know in the near future, maybe on a round table, if you'd like to discuss stuff with other people who you're on the discord, obviously, where yeah. we chatted it up. Thank you for reaching yeah. out. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, any last things you want to mention or say, or no, I think I've covered it. I'd love to, to join again. That'd be fun. It's been great talking. Yeah. I, I, I will send you an edited version eventually. <laughs> and uh, I'll even send you some Q and a questions. Send me some photos. I know you're not totally out. I know you have some filtered photos, obviously like you, pro- you look great regardless. I mean, people love using filtered photos, which is fine. It shows you the way you want to present, but it's like, you know, your face is also unique. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, but it's, it's one of those things I don't feel totally comfortable mm-hmm. with it being public and out i'm not totally public and out so those filters are a nice little bit of a a shield true it's true but um yeah i'll send you some q a questions send me some filtered photos if you like and i will post them but um amazing thank you so much girl thank you so much candace uh you're amazing you're great you're amazing okay thank you so much have a great day i'm going to bed yeah okay good night good night bye And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that was episode 110 and my curious conversation with Candace C., who frankly was fantastic. She talked about what her cross-dressing life has been like and how she has been open to her bisexual wife, which you'd assume would make life easier. But as you heard in Candace C.'s case, it hasn't really. But Candace C. has slowly embraced her cross-dressing self and is being more open, but she's still a little hesitant which is a, you know, totally valid response. It's not easy as she's still learning and understanding herself, and truly, aren't we all? I'm just so glad she came onto the podcast to tell her story because she said she's socially awkward and shy, but is she really? I mean, you heard her. She broke out of her shell, came onto the podcast to share some of her most intimate memories with me and you, the Cross Yas listener. And you know what? I'm forever grateful. I hope you, the Cross Yas listener, if you haven't shared your story with me yet, Come on to the podcast and, well, share it. I promise you really won't regret it. You probably related to something Candace C. said here or something someone else has said on the podcast, and hey, your experience is valid too, and just think of what sharing your experience will do for another listener. Probably will do wonders. Email me, Giselle, at CrossYasPodcast or DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast. Or really, I don't know, hit me up on our Discord. I want to chat with you. Because really, you shouldn't have to feel alone. I'm here. The Cross Yas community is here for you. And if the past two episodes are any indication, just know I'm going to be there for you for as long as you need and with whatever you need. Hope you enjoyed these past two episodes. I'll be back next week for more, doing big things, and I can't wait to share them with you. But until next time, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous.
Again guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything, I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.